Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. My name is Tepo H. Maloa, and welcome to yet another episode of The Frozen Thoughts Diary. Life, a beautiful miracle, part two, God's masterpiece. That's what I would like to speak to you about today. The Bible says that everything exists for the glory of God. That everything that has been created was created for the glory of God. He spent the first six days of creation busy creating everything. The first five days he created the heavens and the seas. He created the heavens and the earth, the land and the seas and the living creatures on top of the land and the oceans as well. And on the fifth day, on the sixth day, he created man in his own image. With that said, we can safely say that of all things that God created, we, human beings, are God's masterpiece. For we were created in his own image. We live in an amazing and awe-striking world. But of all we marvel at, man is the greatest of all creation. We were made in the image of God. He made us with his own hands. In fact, the human body has a dynamic framework of bone and cartilage called the skeleton. It has its own electrical system called the nervous system with the brain as the main processor and the spine as its as its wire lines the human body is so complex it's so intricately designed it's god's masterpiece it was overly designed to accommodate the life of god within you you are a miracle you are a walking talking living miracle your body on its own is so miraculous in the way that it was designed it has the world's greatest chemical plant there's there's ever been your body lubricates itself and creates its own chemicals and makes sure that just this right amount of this jelly-like substances which lubricates your body your cartilages your tissues and everyone everywhere else in the body that it's given in just the right amount your body changes the food we eat and turns it into living tissues and even repairs itself when you are hurt or when parts of your body are damaged by by accident or by whatever disease it may be you need to come to an awakening an awakening that you are god's masterpiece you were fearfully and wonderfully made in his image for his glory and when you think about this and you start to think about how the body has its own cooling system and you think about how it can overheat during freezing temperatures like winter days and, and how it can just calm us down when it's uh, cool us down when it's when it's hot, when it's co- when it's hot by releasing pores and just let, allowing us to sweat think about how intricate that is 
how wonderful you were truly made. Your brain alone is more powerful than all the computers of this world put together. Your brain can simultaneously see, hear, reason, smell. It pumps blood and helps you and helps you to feel and do so much more. We are God's masterpiece and may we never forget that. That of all the human, even the human inventions of, that we create, they are inspired by most of God's masterpieces. You look at the aeroplane, it's inspired by God's masterpiece being a bed's. We, you look at our body, we've got electricity in our own bodies. You look at the lightning and we've been able to harness all of these powers. How blessed and privileged we truly are. You think about all of these things that God has done in the period of nine months, preparing us for greatness, preparing us to come into this world. You think of how important you have to be for God to create you in your own image, for you to be able to see, to hear, to run, to, to smell, to, to be able to have a heart that pumps blood, to be able to breathe, for you to be able to feel. Do you realize how much of a masterpiece you truly are, that when God designed you, he meant for your design to inspire all of humanity, for your design to inspire all of nature. You look at your eyes and you think of cameras and how they inspired the camera itself. You look at your ears and how they have inspired the invention of microphones. You look at speakers and how they amplified our voices. You look at hard drives and how they have emulated the, the power of the human brain, how the processors have emulated the power of our ability to reason. And you can look at Bluetooth and the internet and how that can uh, emulate our spiritual connection to God. They say that the heart pumps an average of six liters of blood every single day. That's about two liters every day. 200 liters every day of blood. The mere fact that we exist is proof, it's demonstration from God that we are the work of an intelligent and skillful designer created in his own image, in his likeness. The very raw materials and basic chemicals in our body can be found in the dust of the ground. The very chemicals and particles that make us up they can be found in the stars, in the solar systems. But those chemicals can rearrange themselves. They, they can't rearrange themselves into cell tissues, into organs and systems. All of this can be God. You also think of the fact that the difference between you and the living creatures out there are not so vast. They test human uh, experiments on rats. They the difference between you and, and a chimpanzee is on a molecular level is less than 2%. And you think about how all this difference, that tiny difference, has made all the difference. The book of Genesis teaches us that God took the dust of the ground and shaped the man. He blew the breath of life into his nostrils and then man became a living soul. Biologists and scientists can study life all they want, but they still cannot explain the breath of life. We are God's masterpiece. He made you in his image and likeness, and we should never, 
We should never take life for granted for as long as we live, for it's the greatest privilege we will ever receive. Think about, think about pregnancy and birth. I believe pregnancy and birth are the ultimate acts of bravery. They are the ultimate acts of bravery and courage, that ultimate surrender of God's power. Because you think about it, when a woman is pregnant, she, she does not necessarily know what is happening within her at every single moment, but her body has an intelligence of its own. God designed us to perfection. Of all miracles that exist, none surpasses the miracle of life. Of all miracles that exist, none can be greater than the miracle of life. Even scientists spend fortunes studying biology, but they still cannot explain the birth of life. What other better way is there for God to say, I love you, like the process of birth? A mother's, I mean, mothers are, are the most amazing beings because they get to look at a, full, a fully alive human being. They are so amazing because they get to look at a fully alive human being and say, every part of your being, had to beat through my heartbeat first. You are because you had to beat through my heartbeat first. How can mothers not believe in God like they do when, they, when they've seen God secretly working miracles within them? How can mothers not believe in God like they do when they've seen God secretly working miracles within them until the baby is born? Any woman who experiences the vulnerability of carrying a child in her, bo in her body until the child is born. It's heroic in my books, if you ask me. Any woman who carries a, a, a child to birth, who has the courage to surrender her body, who has the courage to, to, to surrender her will, to, 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 be, to surrender her, her putting herself first for another life, to trust that God will take care of the rest. That's heroic in my books. What greater way of fully trusting in God and trusting in God's processes could there be to, to be able to surrender to the fact that while you may not know or understand everything going on within you throughout that nine months of life baking process God has always got you to be able to surrender to not knowing to be able to surrender to the uncertainty and to just trust that God God has got everything in control that he's designed you to such perfection, nothing will go wrong with you or your baby, that he's designed you with such love, with such care, with such fearfulness, with such wonderfulness, with such wonder, that everything will go well for you. It's in your design. Your, your greatness is in your design. You see, you are God's masterpiece and you should never forget that. I believe that every new birth is God's way of saying that I love you. Every new birth is God's way of saying I still believe in you. That there's still hope. That there's hope for you. That there's hope for humanity. Every new birth is God's way of saying that I will make your name live. I'll make your name I'll make your name live on beyond just your lifetime. Every new birth is God's way of reminding us that we are powerful, that he has planted infinite power within us. 
The Bible in the, the book of Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, He has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the heart of man, but no man can see the full picture of God from, beginning of, from the beginning to end. He has made everything beautiful. So you need to understand that no matter how it got to be that you got into the situation that you are in right now, your life is a masterpiece. No matter it, how it may be that you got into the situation that you got into, no matter how it may be that you got to this world, no matter how it may be that you were raised in this world, you are still God's masterpiece. There's divine intelligence within you. You are made full of awe and wonder that you are powerful beyond measure. I believe that life, life is God's way of reminding us that while we may be sinners and imperfect beings, He turns all things for good, for His name's sake, to a way of Him to remind us that what He has placed within us is more important to Him than we've ever known, that we are divine beings. Oh, may we never forget that we are divine beings. It is no surprise that with birth, mothers are also granted new instincts they never knew they had. After birth, mothers suddenly find that they've got wisdom they never knew they had. They suddenly have instincts they never knew they had, instincts to raise their young ones, instincts to detect when something is wrong, to know what to do, to know how to resolve issues, the motherly instincts they call them. It teaches you that God never lets anything to chance, that he has made us to perfection for his own glory. He has made us to perfection for his own glory. We were made in his image. How can we not be so good and capable of wonders? We were made in his own image. How can we not be capable of miracles? How can we not be able to overcome? I believe that a woman in birth is the most powerful and vulnerable she'll ever be because at that point, God is completely at work. She has fully surrendered herself to nature. Women need to stop being insecure and stop body shaming one another because they are made of magic, because they are magical. Their bodies are powerful and full of infinite divine intelligence within them. At birth, Every woman encounters the power of God. At birth, every woman understands how God works, understands that God is greater than herself. She goes through a divine transformation, finds her personal power and learns the difference between pain and, and suffering. Because giving birth should not be painful. It should not be a painful experience. I believe it should be a powerful experience because God's power reveals itself at that moment. I mean, God's design is flawless. You, you just think about all the different changes that a woman goes through when she's about to give birth, from the way her, her, her body starts the way her body starts secreting the necessary hormones to, to prepare her, how her boobs suddenly start getting bigger, how, she, how her body goes on overdrive, her skin stretches, her, her blood levels increase, her heart pumps more blood so that it can provide for more, 
her, her heart beats even faster so that she can pump more blood and and everything within everything about her grows and it's such wonders it's such wonders about the design of god the design of god the masterpiece that we are he never leaves anything to chance not to your birth not even a single day about your life is left to chance may you always remember that you are god's masterpiece you just think about all the different changes that a woman must go through in order to give birth to a child throughout the 9 months from fertilization to the child having a heartbeat within that first month and being able to create that but the the human mind and how all of these things happen and the body knows exactly what to do and when to do it in what quantity you are a miracle you are walking talking breathing living and sensing miracle of god everything about you was made to perfection you are a perfect human being just as you are no matter whether you like yourself or whether you like you don't like certain things about yourself you are god's greatest miracle his masterpiece god was so fearful when he made you that he had to consult with himself first he spoke everything into existence let there be light let there be this let there be this but when it came to you for some reason he felt the need to consult with himself first he felt the need to consult with himself first and said let us make man in the image of, in our own image in our likeness you must understand that your whole spirit is made in the likeness of god that everything about you is made in the image of god and so you must never underestimate your power you must never underestimate your power never underestimate the miracle it took for you to be alive everything about you is a miracle from the way that god has designed you the way that God prepared you for this life how your mother's body had to move and shake in preparation for you how everything about her suddenly changed her heart body suddenly went to waste or it just disappeared for a moment but all for you all for you that when you are coming into this world everything in your mother's life everything in your family's life pauses for a moment just for you there's power in in your design there's power in your design you are god's masterpiece the book of job 12 7 to 10 says but ask the animals and they will teach you or the birds in the sky and they will tell you or speak to the earth and it will teach you or let the fish in the sea inform you which of all this does not know that the hand of the lord has done this which of all this does not know that the hand of the lord has done this in his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all mankind 
Psalms 96, 11 to 12 says, Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant, be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. May you always sing for joy, knowing that you are God's masterpiece. May you always sing for joy, knowing that God loved you enough to allow you a chance at life. And he loved you enough to sacrifice his one and only begotten son just for you. Psalms 95, 4-5 says, In his hands are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Remember that the same God who made the heavens and the earth, who made the suns, the moon, the grass, the oceans, the mountains, the seas, and everything else that is within the universe, he made you. And he didn't just make you, he made you in his own image. He has planted eternity in your heart. He has planted eternity in your heart. He has planted eternity in your heart. May you always remember that, that there's infinite power within you. And while you may not be able to see the full picture of God from beginning to end, what he lets you see is what's meant for you to see. Trust in him. Trust in the visions that he allows you to see. May you pursue your dreams with all that you have. May you pursue your dreams with all that you have. I believe that God creates us into such masterpieces and allows us to have dreams so that we can fulfill the purposes designed us to such perfection for. Even little babies, before they're even born, they, they're said to dream. They blink a lot and it has been proven scientifically that babies dream even when they're still in their mother's womb. And they dream even right after birth. You can see them having nightmares or shaking that they're dreaming, dreaming in their sleep. And right in their infancy, soon after being born, and you wonder what are they dreaming about? How could babies be dreaming when they know nothing? And eventually you come to realize that we dream because dreams are gifts from God. We dream because dreams come from God. All the other animals in nature only respond to the environment. They, they respond to what's happening around them. But we, human beings, we've got the gift of choice. And God has granted us such great purpose. And the Bible in the book of Jeremiah 29:11 says, I know the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you and for a good future. It means that God knows the plans that he has for us so that we may tend to him. So that we may tend to him. He may give us a glimpse into our future, but he has the plans to the future. The Bible also goes on to say that many are the plans in a man's heart, but only the Lord's purpose shall prevail. May you realize that you are God's purpose, you are God's masterpiece, and may you never let that go to waste by forgetting to tend to the one who created you, by forgetting to tend to the designer who made you into the masterpiece that you are. 
and in God designed you to such perfection that when you cut yourself, your body knows how to heal itself. It will work day and night just to make sure that you are healed. God has created you to such perfection because you matter so much to him. He gave up his only son. He sacrificed his one and only begotten son for you. And while you may be nothing but a speck of dust to him, he knows you by name. He has created you in his own image. You are the son of Jehovah Shama, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Tzikenu, Jehovah El Shaddai, Jehovah Roy, Jehovah El Shaddai, Jehovah Tzikenu, the Prince of Peace, the Lord our God, our healer, our deliverer, our provider, our, our rock. May you go through your days knowing that He is our righteousness, He is our justice. And that there's nothing that can ever separate us from his love. His God, our peace. May you always go into your days, live full of peace, living full of peace, full of joy and, and excitement. May you be full of gratitude, knowing that you are God's masterpiece. Knowing that you are God's masterpiece. That he created you to perfection for you to enjoy his glory, for you to enjoy his works of art, for you to enjoy his creation, for you to, to, to enjoy the music, for you to dance, for you to love and laugh, for you to feel, for you to, for you to sing at the top of your voice, for you to enjoy, for you to be curious about his creation. He has created you for his own glory, for his own glory everything for his own glory and i will praise thee dear lord i will praise thee for i am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are thy works and that my soul knows very well my soul knows that very well and that your mercy and your goodness shall follow us all the days of our lives O oh god my very breath is you the very breath i take is full of his love is full of his greatness this very breath is a reminder that i'm his masterpiece every single breath is a reminder that i'm his masterpiece that my very lungs were made for his own glory for his own glory and may i never forget even once that he is God, my creator, the author and the finisher, the alpha and the omega, that I am his masterpiece, that I am his masterpiece, that my life is a miracle, that life is a miracle. And may I go through my days full of gratitude at all times, because life is a beautiful miracle. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. We are created for his own glory. He has planted eternity in our hearts. He has made everything beautiful in its own time. So no matter what's happening, remember that you are God's masterpiece and that everything is beautiful for it is its own time 
it's its own time. You are God's masterpiece. My name is Typo H. Maloa, and welcome to yet another episode of Frozen Thoughts. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on what time you're listening to this. My name is Tsepo H. Maloa, and welcome to yet another episode of The Frozen Thoughts Diary. Life, a beautiful miracle. Part 3. God's Masterpiece. Mind, Body, and Spirit. That's what I would like to speak to you about today. So, during the last two episodes of The Frozen Thoughts Diary, I've went in depth exploring why I believe that life is the greatest miracle of all. I've took you on a journey from the moment of of conception to the moment of fertilization and from the moment of fertilization to throughout the nine months until birth. And today, I would like to spend more time elaborating and exploring on the life that is brought to earth and why I believe that it is one of the greatest miracle of all. Over the last two episodes, I've elaborated much facts on why life is a miracle, basing it on the fact that the chance of being born and still born were so great and yet the probabilities of it happening were so slim. I mentioned that the chances of being born at all, as scientists say, is one in over 400 trillion. That when a man releases his semen inside a woman, he releases more than 400 million sperms, and only you make it. And it has been this logic that I have been building up on to try and explore the miracle of life. There is nothing greater than life itself. Everything about you was determined at conception, proving that God knew you. God knew you before you were even formed in your mother's womb. I've explored that and explained that at the moment that the sperm fertilizes an egg, a new DNA is formed. And if we're to retrieve that DNA and study it through DNA sequencing, we would know everything, just about everything we need to know about you. How tall you'd get, what your skin tone would be, what your eye color would be, how, what's, your, how, what's your weight going to be like, and so many other facts. Proving that God knew you before you were even born. I mentioned that there's a heartbeat at only 22 days, that your eyes can see in only three weeks, that if we were to unwrap all the DNA in your body, it would stretch to the moon six times, 6,000 times and back. The, your entire DNA sequence, the entire DNA sequence in your body would fill over 200, 1,000 page books. The base pairs in your DNA can fill more than three gig hard drive. That's how complex you are. 
that's how much of a miracle you are. They say that at 60, at 60 words per minute, 8 hours a day, and typing around for around 50 years, we still wouldn't be able to type out the entire DNA in our body. They say that 2 grams of DNA can hold all of the digital data in the world. Just 2 grams of your DNA. So now think about that and think of the fact that there are 300 trillion cells that make up your body. And each one of those cells has got your DNA in it. Now what does that say about how important you are to God? What does that say about what God has planted within you? There's something so precious within you to God than you've ever known. And it is for this reason that I decided to record this series on life, a beautiful miracle. Let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. That's what the Bible says in the book of Genesis 1.26. Let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. Now, I've, this is a scripture almost everybody knows. It's a scripture that we are taught about even in primary school. But what does it really mean? to be made in the image of God? What does it even entail? What is the image of God? And how could it be that I, a mere feeble human being, am made in the image of God? For God who created the heavens and the earth, the moons, the stars, the, the, the mountains, the oceans, the animals, the fish, the same God who created all of that, I am made in his image. How so? Those are the questions that I would like to explore on today. So, who is this us that God refers to when he decides to make man? In the book of Genesis, we see that during the first five days of creation, God was speaking everything into existence. On the first day, he said, let there be light. And then there was light and he separated the light from, from the darkness. And he said, let there be land. And then there was the land and the oceans. And let there be fish. And then there were the fish. And let there be animals. And that the animals were there. He was just speaking everything into existence. But when it came to the sixth day, he, his tone changed, so to say. And then instead of speaking things into existence, he turned to himself first. And he said, let us make man in our own image, in our likeness. So now, the question I ask myself is that, who is this us? But eventually, as you read the Bible, you get to discover that God is a trinity. God is a holy trinity. His mind God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in the same image, we have been made. But for the longest of time, I've been puzzled by this, trying to figure out how could it be that I, a mere feeble human being, am made in the image of God the Great, God the Creator, the Alpha and Omega, the Author and the Finisher. 
and then I read the book in Ecclesiastes 3.11 and it says, He has made everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the heart of man, but no man can see the full picture of God from beginning to end. So God has planted eternity in your heart, meaning that you are very much like him in every sense of the word because God is eternal. There is eternal power within you. But the only difference between you and God the Creator, God the Father, is that you are not able to see the full picture of God from beginning to end, as it has been put out in the book of Ecclesiastes 3.11. So that is how we are like God. It means that while God gets to see the whole picture, the only picture you get to see is the picture of your life. Is the picture of what you, you you can envision a picture of what God lets allows you to see to dream and to envision and to experience that's all you get to see but that's not the full picture of God I personally believe that God is nothing but an artist but an artist whom after five days of creation on the sixth day he realized that there was no one to admire his works of reality uh, of art he realized that there was no one to admire his works of art like he can so he decided to create man in his own image so that he can marvel at his own works at his own works of art for eternity and god being the artist that he is and having created us for his glory having created us for his own pleasure and God having granted us the opportunity to be alive and having loved us so much that he even gave up his one and only begotten son, Jesus Christ, just for me, it tells me that what he has placed within me, what he has invested in me, is way more important to him than it will ever be to me. Meaning that my own life is not even as important to me than it is to God. Hence, he would sacrifice his one and only begotten son. But still, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? And how is it that we are like God? We are like God in the sense that we are also a trinity. Maybe not a holy trinity, but we also are a trinity in the same way that God is. While God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are mind body and spirit and each one of these aspects of our lives do emulate who God is we need to come to an acknowledgement and a realization that we are all made in God's image and that every single person you meet whether you like them or not no matter how you feel about them is also made in the image of God and as a result we ought to treat them with the best love of God within us we ought to treat them with the best reverence and embrace and, and love as possible because each person is made in the image of God. And if God is a trinity so it, and man is also a trinity, then how is it that we are like God? How is it that God designed us in our image? 
One of the most important things we must realize, at least as far as I can imagine or envision, or as far as God can allow me to see, is the fact that when God had that epiphany, when he made that decision that let us make man in our own image, he had to first think about it. He had to first consult with himself so he could speak everything into existence. But when it came to us, he had to first consult with himself. That's how important the decision of creating you was. That's how important you are. So it also gets to explain to you why the Bible says that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. It is because God had to think twice about it. And while he spoke everything else into existence, he created us with his own hands. He took from the ground and formed us into man, and then he blew his breath into us. None of this were done with all the other creations. None of this was done with all the other animals that were created during the first five days. It's as if he was keeping the best for last. As if he's like, you know what, this is good. It's too good not to be marveled at forever. So he created himself in his own image and then just limited the keys to which we can all see ourselves. Mind, body, and spirit. That's how we are. So if we are to agree that we are all mind, body, and spirit, then it means that we can all agree that we are a trinity. But that, what does that even mean, that we are mind, body, and spirit? And how does, what, how does this even relate to how we are like God? I believe that God designed us in, in such a way that we were meant for His intimacy. And this is the reason why we were created by His own hands why we will always have that need for intimacy. You look at an, a little child, newly born, they crave for an embrace, they crave for a touch, they, cra they crave for a word of love because we are made in the image of God. So God created us in his own likeness, in his own image, in his trinity, so that we'll always have a need for him mind, body, and spirit. So what makes up the body? What makes up the soul? And what makes up the spirit? And if one is mind, body, and spirit, does it then mean that one truly only knows another when they know all three? And if indeed we are all mind, body, and spirit, then how is it why, which of these three brings us closer to God? And how do, do these three parts work together to help bring us closer to God? You need to start to realize that when God thought of us, or thought of creating us, of bringing us into existence, he had to move from a spiritual realm into the physical realm so that we may be able to enjoy his works of art, so that we may be able to marvel at, at the stars, the moon, feel the sunshine on our skin, so that we can smell, so that we can taste beautiful, great food. And that's what our body is for. 
And that's how we get to praise God. That's how we get to marvel at the works of God. By using our five senses. And this is as far as our body is concerned. And before I get even further, it's important to realize that being mind, body and spirit, it means that there are three levels as there are three levels in God. The mind, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Of these three, the most important is the Father. And all of them are equally the same. And you think of God rose three days later and how the number three is always so powerful throughout the Bible. This is why we are also a trinity because a bond of three is the strongest. Now, the body. The body is made of your senses, your ability to see, your ability to smell, your ability to hear, your ability to, to feel. And then there's your soul. The body is the least important of the three. And then comes the soul or the mind. Or this is where your personality is. Your body is only there to help you function, to help you, uh, to help you make sense of the glory of God, to help you make sense to help you praise God with your mouth, to, to help you uh, perceive God and be able to hear God when He speaks to you. To, uh, that's what your brain is for. And your cells are there to make sure that your oxygen is running through your blood. And this is what gives you life. It's there to sustain you. But that's the least important because that's just a carrier. It's just, uh, it's just what's there to carry your real self, being your soul and your spirit. Now, what is soul? What is your soul comprised of? Your soul is uh, basically your conscious mind and your subconscious mind. Majority of who you are is subconscious in the same way that majority of who you are is spiritual. So it means that we use the body to, to, in order to, to get to, to, to feed our soul. We use our senses to feed our soul of all the beautiful sensations that we may get from the world. We process this consciously and then we feed it to, to our subconscious. And then after feeding our subconscious, it then affects our attitudes, it affects our beliefs, our feelings, our emotions, our memories. This is what happens in the subconscious mind. And it is what happens in the subconscious mind which is most important. Because this is where your beliefs are, this is where your attitudes are, this is where your feelings are, this is where your memories, your your will, your your choices, your and this is so your soul basically is what makes you you. This is how you think. This is your conscious mind, your thinking, your reasoning, how you look at the world, and this is what makes all the difference. So it's your body, and your soul is what's in what you're in control of. Your soul is what. It's, it's like a door between you and the spirit realm. It's like a door between you and where the heart of God sits in your spirit. If it were a room, if you being a human being were a room, you'd be a three-roomed house. I mean, if you were a house, you'd be a three-roomed house. In the first room, you enter through the body. And from the body, via your senses or your mind, your, your ability to see, sense, and read, I mean, your ability to, 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 to smell, your ability to hear, your ability to listen, and your ability to comprehend with your brain, that would be the first room. And then in the second room would be your soul. 
This is where you start to reason, where you take any information from your senses and you start to reason on it. Once you've thought about it and reasoned on it, it, it makes up your beliefs, your attitudes, your feelings, your emotions, your memories. And this is where God says that Christ has come to save our soul because when man fell into sin, when we fell into sin, it closed the door between our second room and the third room, being our soul to the spirit. So until we sort out our beliefs, until we get our beliefs right, until we get our thoughts right, until we get our attitudes right, our feelings right, our, until we're in control of our emotions and our memories, then we will always have a disconnect from God. Then we will always have a disconnect from God. And this is why it's so important that we give our soul to Christ. For Christ is God's only begotten Son. He was sent to save our souls so that we may know how to handle our feelings, so that we may know how to, to, to have the right set of beliefs, so that we may know how to handle our emotions better, so that we, we can create better memories for ourselves. And in the soul, there are three most important parts, being the conscious mind, the subconscious mind, and then there's your will. This is where you make choices. It is your ability to make choices which makes you human. This is why God cannot force you into doing what you will not do. This is what makes you human. This is what makes you special. Unlike all the other living animals that we know of in the world, human beings are the only ones who do not succumb to, who do not succumb to their environment. When it gets too far, we create cars. When, when the, the, the postman is taking too long, we create the internet and then the, the emails. When it's getting too dark and we're tired of, uh, of, of stick and fire, we create the light bulb. When the ship is taking too long, we create aeroplanes. That's how powerful we are. And I truly believe that our mind, our soul, our ability to make choices and to envision the future and plan towards it until we get to it. That's our secret in being able to be like God. Our ability to not succumb to our environment, our ability to shape our environment, our ability to rule the seas, to rule all the other animals, our ability to fly to the moon and to fly across oceans. That's what makes us as close to human as possible. Because remember, God said, let us make man in our own image. Meaning that our intellect, our intelligence, our ability to, to envision the future, the eternity within us, is what separates us from the animals. And it's in knowing this, it's in acknowledging this, that we are made in the image of God, that our very soul is what God is after, or that when he says it's after our soul, is after our thinking, our reasoning, our beliefs, our attitudes, our feelings. But then, sometimes you can have your beliefs, your attitudes, and your feelings right, and your emotions intact. But until your will, until you have the right will, until you have the right will, to, to do what God has called you to, to do what God has taught you, to do what God has planted within your spirit, to go after that dream that God has planted within you, all of it becomes meaningless. Because it's only through that will, it's only through that gift of choice that we are able to open the door to our spirit realm. 
It's only through that gift of will, that gift of choice, that we are able to open our hearts out to God, that it's that we are able to open up our hearts to who Christ is, and that we are able to let God take control. It's through that will, that that choice. Choice is like a door that we are able to then open the door either to the soul or to the body. It's through our will that we are able to heighten our senses and we are able to enjoy the music more. We are able to feel the sunshine more, that we are able to comprehend more. Or, most importantly, we are open. We are able to open the door of our soul to let the Holy Spirit in, to let Christ in. So it's the mind, it's the body, it's the mind and the spirit. The spirit is right at the heart of it. It's right at the center of our being. It's the most important part of our being. It's where we are infinite. It's the spirit man where we are, where we have infinite power, where we have eternity in our heart. It's in that spirit man that we find our meaning in life. It's in that spirit man that we find our purpose, that we find love. For love is a spiritual experience because God is love. So when our soul is not right, we always confuse a lot of things for what love is. And we confuse biology, we confuse emotions, hormones, and so many other things for love, when in fact love is spiritual. So unless we get our soul right, we will never be right in love, we'll never be right in the decisions we make, we'll never truly find our purpose, we'll never truly find meaning in our lives. Because our meaning, our purpose, and our desire for love, our desire for affection and intimacy is hidden in our soul. It's hidden in our ability to hear God. This is why Jesus Christ once said that, What good is it for a man to gain the world and lose your soul? What good is it for a man to gain the world and lose his soul? When he says to lose his soul, he means what is what good is it for you to uh, to gain all of the world, to gain the money, to gain the fame, to to gain everything of this world, and then lose your faith, and lose your beliefs, and lose your attitude, and lose your control of your emotions and lose control of your principles and that you you, you you trash your own memories which have made you the person that you are. This is why God has come to save our souls. Because it's our souls which store experiences and memories. It's our souls which keep us intact. And our spirit man then sends and connects us to God. So unless our souls are in the right place, we can never really hear God when He speaks to us. It's a three-way relationship. God gave us the body so that we can have all the senses to, to enjoy His works of art. He gave us the soul so that we'll be able to comprehend the beauty of His works. And He gave us the spirit so that when anything goes wrong in our soul, we are always able to tap into His power to tap into his purpose for our life, to find meaning in our experiences, in our pain, in our trials, and to always realize that everything is love. Let me tell you one thing. Until you discover God, you have never known love. Until you truly know who God is, 
then you've never known love. You see, the mind and body co communicate constantly. What the mind thinks, it perceives. And experiences are then sent from our brain and to the rest of our body. So it all starts with what's in our spirit, what we believe, what we find meaning in, uh, what, we ex what we define as love, what we find, what we, what we think is our life's purpose. Because once we have got that in place, then God gets straight to work. You see, the human soul is always hungry. It's always hungry for beauty. We seek it everywhere. We seek it in landscapes, in music, in art, in clothes, in furniture, in gardening, in companionship with people. We, we seek for beauty in love, in religion, and within ourselves. No one would desire not to be beautiful. And when we experience the beautiful things in life, there's a, there's a sense of homecoming. And I believe this is why the Bible says that all good things come from the Lord. All good things come from the Lord. And so the, more, the longer that we meditate on the good things that, that, that serve us, the longer that we meditate on the good things that God wants for us, is the more that we live. It's the more that we feed our soul, it's the more that we get our soul intact, the more that we read the Bible, the more that we spend time in the presence of God, is the more that we are able to connect more with God, it's more that we are able to live fulfilled lives, it's more that we are able to get rid of sadness and hurt and pain and resentment and shame and disappointments, it's more that, it's the more that we are able to, uh, to rise above all those minor obstacles which consume our lives for so long until we realize that all we've needed all along was just the grace of God, the love of God. You see, our beliefs and our attitudes in, lives are, in life are, are determined by, by our faith. It's our faith which, pray, which plays a major role in our thinking, in our thinking patterns, in our day-to-day -day thinking. It's our faith which leads our thinking, which then leads down to our emotions and our feelings and these feelings, these emotions are exactly what defines our behavior. Your, your mind, your emotions and body, they are nothing but instruments. Your, your, mind, your, your, your mind and your body are nothing but instruments and, and the way that you align and fine-tune those instruments determines how well you live your life. It determines how fulfilled and how happy you are in your life. So, remember also the words in Matthew 28 verse 19 where it says, Go ye forth and teach all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Ghost. It's very important that we never realize that we are made, that we never forget that we are made in the image of God, that we are a trinity like Him. And the only difference between us and him is that we are in human form. But the infinite lies within us. In, in our spirit lies faith, lies hope, lies reverence, prayer and worship. And that's how we connect God. That's how we connect to God. And in our souls we are then able to imagine. We are able to, to, to have a conscience. We are able to have memories and reason. And we are able to feel affection. And through our body, we are able to see, to smell, to taste, to hear and touch. 
The problem came, came when man fell into sin. Because when he fell into sin, doors to his spiritual enlightenment closed. And he began to wander into darkness and confusion. And so many of us are still living in that darkness and confusion. Because we have never really awakened to the revelation of Christ. When Christ came in, when, when Christ comes in, everything changes in our lives. And yet only thing, the only, there's only one thing that stands in the way between us and God working His miracles in our lives. It's our will, our choice. Because God can never force us to love us. He created us to have intimacy with Him, to have an, a relationship with Him. And this is why this is why Adam could walk in the garden and talk with God like a friend. Only when, only when the will is surrendered to the Holy Spirit, only when the will is surrendered, can the Holy Spirit then take its place in our hearts. And when that transaction occurs, miracles begin to happen every day in our lives. Every single moment becomes a miracle. Your senses become heightened. Your faith is in place. You are, you are full of joy and happiness and peace and serenity. Everything about our design suggests that, that we, are, we were designed for intimacy with God and for God's glory. Everything about us, the way we are able to hear music, the way we are able to hear the birds outside, to be able to see all striking sights, to be able to laugh and love, to be able to live, to smell, to taste good food, to be able to dance to nature's tune, to, to, to be able to feel the sunshine on our skin. These are the things that waken us to, to the glory of God. These are the things that awaken us to, to the marvel, to the majesty of God. And by being able to, by awakening to all of this creation of God, we are able to come even closer to Him. And by so doing, we grow even more intimate with Him. This is how we grow intimate with God. If any man is to live, then he must truly be alive in mind, body, and spirit. And at all times, in his spirit, he must have all of God. Because God is spirit. Because God is spirit and he lives within us. There's eternity within you. But then there are doors which are preventing you from reaching out to the future within you. There are doors which are preventing you from reaching out to the infinite, to the eternal within you. The spirit of man is where the sphere of activity of the Holy Spirit lives. That's where God operates. And the devil knows that more than anybody. The devil knows that we are emotional creatures. And he knows very well that it's, not our, it's, it's our emotions which hinder us the most. He knows very well that it's, our, it's, it's our, the state of our soul. It's the state of our, of our souls, our, our faith, our conscience, our, our memories, our, our thoughts, our reasoning. And only if we can get that right, then we'll be right with God. But the devil knows this so well, so he distracts us in our thinking, in our emotions. He makes us feel pain and resentment in our, in our memories when we should actually just be learning from them. You see, our soul is the seat of affections. It's the soul of right and wrong, of hate and lust, and, and bodily appetites. And when our desires are turned on, 
they can distract us from from the door to our spirit man when our desires are turned to God only then we are able to to realize our sinful condition and we realize how we've been hindering ourselves from letting the light of God shine within us when the spirit of God illuminates the spirit of a man with divine light creativity becomes a, a byproduct uh, excitement and joy and happiness and peace become a byproduct when the soul of man is in the right place is in right standing with God only then do we realize what a beautiful miracle life is bless the lord oh my soul and all that's within me for you restore my soul oh god you restore my soul oh god life a beautiful miracle by tepo h maloa frozen thoughts 2022